Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast. And this is a Staycast from Acast. We're all following the government's advice right now. We're staying in. It's a little bit cocooning, but it's all working So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out. This is Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live and sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group, bringing you the latest insight into everything to do with Newcastle United. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined by Lee Ryder and Kieran Kelly. We'll be uh, heading our way in a little bit. But Lee, January trans window, always fun and games. A lot to talk about aside from that, but we will talk about transfers to begin with. One of the names mentioned in the past few days is Luckman, former Everton striker, now over in the Bundesliga. What's your understanding of the latest um, with him? I mean, there's, there's certainly been a discussion. He's certainly a player that has been put to Newcastle, as, as so often happens in, in transfer windows. Yeah, Newcastle get offered players, just like every other club. But at the moment, Newcastle haven't submitted a bid. There's a lot of talk coming from sort of Germany that, you know, it's close. He's certainly a player Newcastle, as I say, they've scouted before. Uh, he, he would fit the bill in terms of his age. Uh, and what he can do, but at the moment, uh, as as we stand at the minute, there, there is no no bid on the table, either a loan or a permanent. Cast struggling for goals. Obviously, they've got a forty million pound striker who can't uh, seem to buy a bit of form. And many people would say, well, actually, what they need is a, a Premier League striker um, with a bit of pedigree, with a bit of experience, who's who's done it before. Yep. Lookman hasn't got the worst record in the world, but he didn't really get that much game time at Everton. Um, for you, would he be the right sort of player to come in, or would you maybe look to try and bring in, um, I don't know, say Bachwari from 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 Chelsea if he was allowed to leave? I mean, it, the January window—it's it's always a—it's not the best window, and I'm not making excuses on anyone's behalf. But you can you can end up. It basically it's a little bit like the January sales where you go out there in Elden Square now and. You might be allured by what you think is is a bargain, but basically what you're buying is what nobody else wanted over Christmas. So it's you're not going to get the best players because all the teams that are vying for titles and uh, championships and cups and pushing on in Europe, they don't want to sell the best players unless it's a ridiculous price. And I can't see Newcastle spending ridiculous money in this window. I think they will go for players where... You know, if there's a bargain to, to be hard, they might they might look at it. Um, but you know, I think as much as we as much as they've been linked with, I think it's about thirty seven names this morning were counted uh, in the first week alone. They've been linked with not not linked by us, by the way. Different uh, different outlets. Um, yeah, I think you would in an ideal world, Steve Bruce would love an experienced striker, but he knows that's going to cost money. They've got twenty five points in the bag from twenty one games. I, I honestly think if you sat Steve Bruce down now, he, he would say, 
you know, I believe unless there's a player who's going to absolutely make Newcastle better, then he will feel that he could probably get through the season without, you know, spending loads of money. I'm not saying that they're not going to sign anybody because, as Bruce has alluded to himself, he said, you know, they're spinning a lot of plates. But are they looking? Yes. Are they close? As it stands, what's today's date? January 9th, uh, lunchtime. They're not close to anyone at the moment. Another name mentioned today from uh, reports in, in Europe from France was Emmanuel Dennis of Club Bruges. 25 million, you talk about silly money. 25 million sounds a bit of a silly price for someone who may be young, but again, isn't all that prolific. And many people on Twitter, many Castellite fans, and if that was to be the case, it's just another, it's just another gamble um, when really what Newcastle need is someone who can just find the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, that, I seen that one this morning. We checked it out with with people who would know, and they said that it's not even a player who's been mentioned in this window. Has have Newcastle looked at him in the past? They probably have, but they they've looked at a lot of different players in in Belgium, in France, Holland. That, that's what they're doing. They're trying to build up like a really massive database of players, so they know you know where once somebody gets injured or somebody leaves. They've got already made replacements. So somewhere deep in the database, I'm sure they've probably looked at them. But at the moment, it just feels like someone's just pinned Newcastle's name to that one to try and drum up a bit of interest. Because, you know, most... Unless you're an avid um, fan of, of, of sort of the Belgian league, then uh, I, no one's no one had this morning really knew who he was. And Newcastle certainly haven't put a bit in for him either. I don't want to spend too much time just like kind of listing everybody that has been named, but I suppose the next two are worthy of a mention. First, and Jared Bowen from Hull City, someone that see Bruce, you know, he does like. He's worked with him before, and he's been watched. He's still out of contract in in the, in the summer. So, is that something that you can see maybe picking up a bit of interest towards the end of the window, at where maybe Newcastle wait and see what happens if he signs a new contract or? If, maybe another Premier League side coming from? Jarrod Bourne last summer, uh, basically Hull City received an inquiry about Newcastle, you know, coming in for him and the Newcastle were given a deadline to, to sign him and come up with the price, the huge price that Hull were asking back then. Newcastle, because Steve Bruce knows the player well and knows his background, didn't feel he was value for the price that was being bandied around then so they didn't go for him now it's kind of whittling down towards you know the end of the season it's it's going to be interesting to see how Newcastle uh, react to that one it, it's, a, it's a signing that would improve Newcastle there's no doubt about that but realistically could they get through the window without doing that deal they probably could they could, could they get through the season without doing that deal they probably could so it's a name they're definitely interested in but the price has to be right and Pytech from AC Milan, someone who I think cost 30, 35 million in the summer. Yeah. Four goals since then. I mean, that would be, uh, uh, yeah. Well, you, you understanding on that one? A, a, a really interesting name that they've been linked with and they've looked at in the past. Uh, had a fantastic season last year with Genoa and AC Milan snapped them up straight away. It hasn't been so great for him this season I think he's only scored three goals in Serie A um, Ibrahimovic going to AC Milan does it nudge him out the picture a little bit probably does but Ibrahimovic isn't going to be there forever he's, he's there in the 
very sort of end of his career. Um, this guy is a Polish international. He, look, he's, he's got all the tools. He looks like a good player. Um, he's just out of form at the moment. And to be honest, I went straight to the to the player's agent the other day. I, I sent him a message and he read the message. I'm still waiting for a reply. So read into that exactly what you want. And most of these guys, if there is something in it, this is my experience of the last sort of 15 transfer windows, especially the January one. If there's something in it, they, they'll get back to you straight away. The AC Milan manager came out after the game on, I think it was Monday. He drew 0-0 with Sampdoria and said that he, he believes that Ibrahimovic um, and Piacek can play together. So he's probably one that the manager doesn't want to sell because unless they've got unless they've got someone lined up, they've just brought Ibrahimovic in. Uh, unless they've got someone else lined up, I can't see that one um, going through at, at this stage. On Newcastle, in a bit of a, a kind of a no-win situation because if they don't sign someone and 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 um, Julian doesn't find his form, then you know you're going to get Christmas for that. And then if they do go out and sign someone, there's no guarantee that they they will find the the form that will guarantee them Premier League uh, survival. Yeah, I mean it. Look, it depends how desperate Newcastle get. Um, you look, obviously they've got a couple of games. In January to, to come, they've got twenty five points at the minute. I mean, the hard games that they've got, they've got Chelsea at home and, and Wolves, so it's it, that that's going to be difficult. But if they did get three or four points out of those two games, suddenly they're even closer to the safety tally what they're looking for. And I just think they won't take huge risks. They won't. They, they don't need a panic. I mean, Joe Linton is out of form at the moment, but. The more he's out of form, I think the more they're going to persevere with him because they paid so much money for him. They see him as an investment. They knew they were going to have to work with him a bit more. Maybe they didn't think he would have one goal at this stage. And sadly, he's being branded a flop by you know people, observers, uh, fans haven't taken to him. They've lost patience with him a little bit. But you know that's that's another project for them to, to try and get get it out, um, get the best out of him. But realistically, are they going to splash out another forty million in, in this window to try and make up for it? I, I just couldn't see it. Sticking with Julinton there, um, you know he's, he's a young lad, and obviously we saw what happened um, against Rochdale. Some fans less than happy with his his second half performance, I'd say, because I think I mean, you you were there, but from watching it, his first half performance wasn't that bad. He had a few chances which he should have scored, but hey, if one of those go go in. Yeah. It's a totally different afternoon, isn't it? And um, uh, do you think people have to remember that actually he is someone who's suffered from homesickness before? Um, he's a young lad. His family aren't over here permanently. It's everything kind of fit, fitting together, and that is why we maybe seen him struggle on the pitch. Yeah, and it, look, it, it must be hard for a player. It depends on the character, of course. But it, you know, this is a this is a city, a very lively sort of city where let's be honest if Jolent wants to go into the city centre and chill out he's not going to be able to do it is he um, because everyone will recognise him straight away I'm not saying people will be giving him stick because that they wouldn't they, they'd be wanting to talk to him so maybe I mean the impressions that I get from I mean we met him in the, his opening press conference he hasn't spoken on the record since that uh, in the mixed zones after games We've asked him, he didn't want to do it. Um, I mean, I 
tried to persuade him to do an interview a couple of months ago. He was just slumped waiting for his lift. Uh, he looked absolutely demoralised, the kid, and it hasn't got any better for him in that two months. Um, he's got a couple of assists, but it just seems to be, you know, missing the chances that he, he should be taking. I did go into the Rochdale game with a bit of hope that he could get, you know, maybe a, a scruffy tapping in that game and he didn't get it. Almiron did get it. That That's the thing. Almiron was searching a few weeks ago and he, you know, he's already broke his duck, but he got another one at Rochdale. I'd like to sit here and say one of those days, but sadly, you know, a couple of the misses were absolutely terrible. And what really uh, I thought was the poorest part of the whole thing was he lost the ball. He didn't chase back. Rochdale equalised. And you can forgive him almost for missing some chances, but that sort of thing, even if your head's down, you've got to chase back. And that's, I think that was the turning point when the fans sort of flipped a little bit. Just a question on this, because um, what we're going to do, we're going to talk a bit about Watchdale because um, we haven't wrapped it up this week. In the build-up to that goal, obviously, you see he lost the ball, but there'd been maybe two or three instances where he'd lost the ball prior and yeah. he'd maybe misplaced a pass. Um, do you think at that point Steve Bruce maybe should have taken him off? Was the cause to say, well, it's not going to be his day. You've got young Allen on the bench there. Let's throw him on and you know, let's see what happens. Yeah, I can see the sort of the thinking there, but then if Thomas Allen, you know, loses the ball and they lose the game or it goes desperately wrong in the last minute and all of a sudden he's being accused of putting putting the kids in uh, and I can see why they're persevering with him because they want him to end the goal drought. They want to... Because that's the only way through it. He's got to play his way through it. I mean, if they drop him, then, you know... Who's going to come in and do a better job at the moment? I mean, Dwight Gale hasn't looked brilliant this season. He looks out of sorts. You look at, um, you know, Muto. He came in, he held the ball up okay, but didn't look like scoring. It went off with uh, a hip problem. So he hasn't. he's not exactly blessed with loads of different options. And I think they're just basically trying to persevere with him and hoping that he can get through it. I mean, for me, it's one of them where they probably he needs more support around him. I wrote a piece on it the other day. He needs more support around him. You know, you've seen the game against Leicester. There was a moment where he's got the ball, he's breaking through on the halfway line, he's looking up, there's no one on the right, there's nobody on the left, and he's staring down at, you know, three or four defenders at Leicester. It's impossible. He needs more support around him. It's gonna take um a lot from Steve Bruce. It's gonna be a test of Steve Bruce's man management. Everyone you speak to says he's a he's a cracker man manager. Uh, the players uh, came out in support of him and, and have all said similar things. Ex-professionals have said similar things. It's going to be a test, isn't it, now? Because it's got the stage where you you, know, you see you can forgive a few misses here and there. And you can even, in a way, f- forgive maybe losing the ball. But that moment, that first moment where the fans turn, and it was only a small section, but there was still, you know, vocal um, discontent. Yeah. And that's a big moment in, in anybody's career. But at a club like Newcastle, it's... it's it's a huge moment, isn't it? And that's going to take a lot for Bruce to, you know, take yeah. him aside and, and work with him. I, I mean, I think what they've been doing, I mean, they've been doing it in the last few weeks. They're trying to get the bottom of exactly what the problem is. Is it confidence? Is it homesick? Um, is it is it a lack of ability? That's what people are trying to suggest. People are trying to suggest that why have Newcastle blundered so badly to pay £40 million for someone, you know, who can't score goals? Um, the, re- the reality is, is that Julian will 
beyond the training pitch every day. I mean, people have asked me, oh, is he scoring goals in training? Of course he's scoring goals in training. It's once you get onto that big stage, it's, it's, trans- it's trying to get those nerves out of your system and just focusing on your football. But you need support to do that. I mean, even against Rochdale, he didn't get a clear-cut chance that I could see on a plate. The ball that came across the box for him when he had it back to goal and he's tried to turn and he made a hash of it. There was one where he had to be three or four defenders and he stroked it wide. On another day that goes the other side of the post, the other side of the goalkeeper and it's the end of the drought. So if he, was, if he wasn't getting into these positions and he wasn't sort of there to miss a chance, I would probably be a little bit more worried, but it, it has to turn eventually. But it, you know, at the moment it's, it's taking time. Just before we get into Watchdale, you mentioned there Muto, you mentioned Gale. Um, does Newcastle's January transfer window depend on those two a little bit? Um, you know, Gale obviously has uh, admirers on the championship, but the club are quite confident that no one can afford the what would be the going rate for Dwight Gale. You're probably talking 15, 20 million for someone like Gale who can guarantee your goals in that league. Um, but if someone does stump up the money and Gale ends up going, does that change things for Newcastle? Well, they would have to bring in another striker if Gale went because they would then have no cover. I think Newcastle are, you know, throwing the gauntlet down to these clubs in the Championship. Do you want to sign them? Have you got the money? Because at the minute, really, if someone offered you even £12 million for Dwight Gale, you would take it because he's not exactly scoring goals in the Premier League. I mean, Gale would be of no benefit to Newcastle this season. He's out of form, he's out of sorts. He looks like a player who, whether he's sulking or not, I don't know because I wouldn't want to say that unless I'd actually spoken to him. But the reality is he doesn't want to speak to anybody at the moment. Uh, Lots of journalists have tried to have a chat with him to see how things are going, but he doesn't want to know at the moment. So for me, he's a player out of sorts. I think realistically, um, on his day, he's got that sort of injection of pace. He can get your goals, but at the moment, we're we're not seeing that player. He's not really getting the chances. He's actually not even receiving the ball from some of his teammates. If you look at the stats, I think there's a couple of games where he's been on the pitch and he hasn't even had a touch. So it's uh, it's worrying really because I did think that him coming back this summer, he was that was the last time I actually had any dialogue with him. So he said he was pleased to be back. He was looking forward to the challenge and he wanted to get his head down and work. But he hasn't, you know, we're in January now, he didn't get that opportunity. And Muto, another one who just, just hasn't worked for him. Um... Clearly got got ability, but for whatever reason, he's he's just finding it tough here at Newcastle. Yeah, another player who, when Newcastle signed him, you know, I looked at his stats and I didn't see a prolific player there. Sometimes, I mean, if you talk to any old school managers, they'll say the first thing that these back in the old days, the first thing these do is pick up a copy of the Rothmans and look at his stats over a five or six year period and see how many goals he'd scored. And that was the only currency that they were interested in. Uh, these days now, it's all about running and getting blocks in and interceptions and all, all different things. But at the end of the day, it's down to goals. And Muto didn't look like a goal scorer before he came here. Newcastle paid 9.5 million. I think he's, I'm sure he's on about 55 grand a week or something. C- pretty crazy like that. And yeah, he hasn't been able to put a, even make the manager have a decision really he's, he's certainly not happy he's not playing but um, you know not a player that when his name is on the team sheet people are excited about and just a few of their potential outgoings obviously I mean 
one would have been Jack Callback, but in a strange twist of fate, it's 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 something that you couldn't even have written really that the fact that he's been injured, um, and he's now out for what four, four or five months is it's ludicrous. And then obviously, uh, Save and and Steve Bruce was quite, he was short with his answer, but he was he was very clear. I think it was last week, and he said it's best if he takes his chance to move on. Um, can you give our listeners any insight? I mean, he just seems. What is it? Is he not fit? Is he not hasn't got the Premier League ability? What? Why is Savia just not even being given a chance? I I don't think it's because of fitness issues. I, I just think that there's there's a number of players that Steve Bruce just doesn't. He's inherited. He's had a look at them. He's had a look. He's had a good chance to look at Savia. Savia couldn't get out on on loan. He's been training with the first team. He even appeared in the, the team photograph. Um, but the reality is. Steve Bruce just doesn't fancy him and there's a few players in the squad that he's inherited um, they've, they've come in and he, you know there's a lot being said that everything Rafa did was you know brilliant and he did do a lot of brilliant things there's no doubt about that it was a pleasure to be around it was great for to have at the club um, but that chapter's gone now and it's now you have to look at you know some of what's been left behind Muto you've just mentioned there was a Rafa signing. Uh, Key was was a Rafa signing. Hasn't done it for for Steve Bruce at all. He doesn't seem to to fancy him again. Savier was there beforehand, but he could have been sold, and he was kept on uh, last season. And I think Rafa did had no problems with it, with his fitness, but it's just where where would you put him in the team at the moment? If if you had a chance on Saturday, where would you put him in the team? You wouldn't. You couldn't because he hasn't got a squad number. But if he did. You wouldn't be able to justify a place in the start lineup for him at the moment. And a few of the youngsters, and you watch a heck of a lot of them in the 23s. Some of them were there against Rochdale. Um, do you see Sonson maybe going back out on loan, or do you think it's just going to be more beneficial to keep him within the, the youth rank and just make sure that he's playing, I don't, I don't know, what would you call it semi competitive football in the, in the, you know, at least getting game time every week? Um, you know. Look, I think it was so frustrating what happened with Carlisle, but they obviously weren't. Carlisle weren't happy with what they were seeing in training on a daily basis from Sorensen. Now, what that is, you'd have to ask them. One, of the, the previous manager got the sack anyway. Presley got the sack, didn't he? And then the next thing, Sorensen came back here. So, look, what what I have seen from Sorensen is, is basically he is. A, a bit of a poacher, you know. He will get you goal. He got twenty plus goals last season. Uh, given the chance, I think he, you know he can get goals. Um, but it, it, it's obviously something else that that's missing. Whether it's work rate, whether it's fitness, who knows? He was on the bench against Rochdale, didn't get on. I think he'll be in and around it again against Rochdale this time. I, honestly, I would love to see him. He's a really good kid, a really good character. Um, loves being in Newcastle, but there's obviously something missing there at the moment. Uh, you'd have to. I, I'm pretty sure Rafa might have mentioned in the past that it was potentially the physicality side of it. Um, yeah, playing under 23 football is very different to when you step up into a Premier League, you know, situation and you're potentially being bullied by defenders um, and moved around the pitch, all that kind of thing. And Newcastle, they couldn't throw him in in a Premier League game, but so. The reality is they've got to find the right loan for him. 
And until until he gets, it's, it's so important that the, the youngsters who do go on loan, they get 20, 30 games under the belt because then the next season comes and they make, they're made available for loan and clubs look at him and go, well, he hasn't played. Jamie Sterry has that problem at Newcastle at the moment. He, he went to crew, he played, I think, one game last season. Um, this summer came around, nobody wanted to take him because of his lack of game time. So it it's so important that when they do go out, they make the most of the opportunity. And I'm sure... You know, you speak to people like Paul Dummett, you speak to people like Andy Carroll, you know, even going back further, Andy Carroll went to uh, Preston North End and got, got games under his belt. It's so important to make the most of that time on loan. So it's, it will be interesting to see what happens with Sorensen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. It's sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group, the Northeast number one family-owned Toyota, Mazda and Suzuki dealership group. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, just on, on transfers then, there's a few people out of contract um, in the summer um, and do you see a, any of those players um, getting signed up to new deals, uh, you know, imminently? Um, or could you even see the likes of maybe even Mancrio or Fernandez if someone comes in with, you know, a decent enough bid? Newcastle have something to think about and maybe go well. Do we do we give them a new contract or do we do we cash in? I mean, people like Mancrio. Um, who's the other one you mentioned? Fernandez. Fernandez yeah. I think they will be asked to do a job for the team. It'll probably be put on the back burner and they've got to prove themselves in the next six months. You know, I know they've, they've had decent, they've had decent steady seasons, but Newcastle are still 13th in the table. We're not, you know, we're not running away with anything at the moment. So I, I think they'll be told in the second half of the season to, to really go out and, you know, show me that you want, want to stay here and show me that you want, to, want another contract. But the reality is that... Most managers who come in, um, the, especially the ones who've inherited a lot of players, they may look at them and go, they're not my players. If you want to judge me... I mean, Steve Bruce knows that football management, he's going to get two, three seasons max where he actually you know, gets the opportunity. Even at the minute, they've lost three games in a row and people are you know, questioning a, a change of manager. Some fans are doing that. But the reality is, is that... He, the board will give him two or three seasons and eventually he will want to do it with his own players. So Manquillo and Fernandez aren't his own players. So it will it will be interesting. But that's the challenge that he probably set them and say, look, if you want to be part of my future here, then you need to really shorten the next few games. And, you know, as I say, they've done all right, but, you know, they're not exactly in the top four or five of the table. So, you know, there's obviously room for improvement. 
Just finally there on, on income and Zen, do you think Steve Bruce and the hierarchy, uh, they, they agree on the vision they see for January? Um, I mean, you can clearly see Joe Linton's not scoring the goals. So do you think they'll be on the same same uh, you know sheet of paper when it comes to what, what happens this month? I think they will. I, I mean, Steve Bruce wants to stay in Newcastle United as long as he can. And he knows that you know previous managers have left because they've lost, um, they've lost the rag basically with the recruitment process. He's obviously trying to work through that, and he's you know unfortunately he's going to get certain observers, pundits, different journalists are going to be say, saying you know he's a yes man, all this kind of thing. But at the end of the day, he has to find a way to, you know to persuade Mike Ashley to continue spending money and you know people on Twitter at the moment are, they're saying Newcastle are never going to spend anything in the window in the last couple of windows they, they have spent you know they bought Almiron in they got Joel Linton in they haven't worked out at the moment but people like St Maximin as well come in they are making the most of the players that they've, they've scouted so it's an interesting one but he's got to do his best to, to continue persuading Mike Ashley to, to spend money uh, Mike Ashley under Rafa you know, didn't get the call to go down the training ground. That old story. He wanted to be made more welcome uh, at the club. And, you know, Steve Bruce might do it a different way. He might want to sit down and have a cup of tea, have a pint with him. You know, all these things that Mike Ashley, we know, we, we see him getting pictured, um, out enjoying himself sometimes. And maybe that's the way Steve Bruce will look at, you know, going into things. But... And there's still a f- you know four weeks left of this window. Um, I think by the end of it, you know they may well have bought in one or two new faces, but they obviously got to get rid of people first. Who knows? We might see them both out in <laughs> Pontylands. Um, a couple of questions then before we dive into to Wolves. Um, Mark Nielsen, all the way from Denmark, asks mm-hmm. um, about Freddie Woodman. Yeah. With Debrafka on a, on a new contract, um, he asks, what's the future hold for for Woodman? Um, I know you're a big fan of him, quite close to the camp as well. So what is the feeling there? He's doing really well at Swansea. Um, has he got a future at Newcastle United? Well, I think there's, there's certainly something Newcastle uh, need to do there. I mean, he's got one year left of his contract. He signed an extension. But, I mean, there's some big clubs sniffing around Freddie Woodman. I mean, Tottenham Hotspur have been long-term admirers of him. Um, he's obviously admired by England boss Gareth Southgate who knows him very well and it's one of them where you are looking at someone who will go on and win senior caps for England at some stage in my opinion uh, he's done very well for Swansea this season kept a few clean sheets and, and Newcastle got a decision to make there because you've got Dubravka is the clear number one at the moment Carl Darlow contract runs out in the summer um, team's interested in him He's not going to stay and be number two again. His next con- his next contract needs to be either a really big one or a club needs to come in and give him game time. Uh, Rob Elliott, I'd I'd be surprised if he stays uh, beyond this season. And then you've got basically a couple of youngsters there. You've got Jake Turner, you've got Dan Langley. They're not not quite ready. They're the ones who need to go on loan. So really, Freddie Woodman should be coming back in, in July expecting to at least be number two. So... And then after that, it's you, you pay your money, you take your chance. Dubravka gets injured, Freddie Woodman would, would step in. That's probably the pathway. That's the sensible pathway. 
if they can't guarantee him that and they say you've got to go out on loan again, then he, he, may, he may well just run his contract down and uh, leave the club. And I guess because the past two seasons, Dubravka has had those moments, those maybe a couple of weeks, three, four weeks, where he's, he's not been at his best. And if there is someone of his level to push him, now let's not, don't get me wrong, Dubravka has been unbelievable this season, but there has been that stage um, early in the season where he wasn't at his best. And if you've got someone at his level, like, uh, Woodman next season then there's no reason why he couldn't Bruce couldn't chip Woodman in and say right you know there's your chance I mean Dubravka he's been I've, I've, I've made a man of the match on, on many occasions um, at Rochdale he was fantastic he kept winning the cup at Rochdale but you've just alluded it there yourself has he got a wobble in him yeah he's got a wobble in him he's made a few mistakes uh, in recent times and then people say when you highlight the mistakes people go well look, look how many times he's saved it and that is absolutely right but nobody is bulletproof at any club where you're going to be guaranteed game after game after game because eventually, you know, I mean, Bobby Robson famously done it. You know, he took Shea Given. Shea Given was, you know, arguably the, the best modern-day goalkeeper Newcastle United have ever had, but he still had his moments where he had to come out of the team and Steve Harper came in famously against Juventus, against Nedved and Del Piero and all that and kept a clean sheet. So there is... There's always a time when a goalkeeper has to come out of the firing line, and you know Dubravka at, at some stage he will. He's he's got a long he's got a long contract here, um, but you know Newcastle will they need someone if he gets injured. That is the problem. If he gets injured, who would be the reliable goalkeeper next season? Final question um, from Rob Smythe says: Putting January aside, are plans be made for the summer? And if so, where do you think? They were looking to strengthen. I mean, I guess that probably depends on obviously where Newcastle finish. I guess, but any, I mean, Newcastle do like to term long uh, in, in the future. So, are any plans? There yeah, for the summer? and Steve Bruce will have his own. For all people say he's a yes man or, or whatever these, whatever they think of the the dynamics of the board, um, he will have his own ideas on on who he wants to sign. He will have his eyes on players who are coming the end of the contract. And there'll be players that he wants in, and and he want he will want this summer to be the summer where he really stamps his authority on the squad. He wasn't able to do that last. He came in three and a half weeks into preseason. He had to go along with what Newcastle were already pursuing in in the transfer market. Some of the even some of the signings Rafa Benitez didn't want. He had to go along with because he knew that there wasn't time to sit down and say, I want A, B and C, because then the Newcastle hadn't scouted those players. He had to go along with some of the players Newcastle had scouted already. I mean, to be honest, the Andy Carroll deal was, you know, down to Steve Bruce. He was, I don't think Andy Carroll would have signed for the club had Rafa Benitez remained in charge. I couldn't say it. So, he's got more influence than people think. On to Rochester then, just one question. Was it as bad as it looked in that second half? Well, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't pretty. First half, no problems. I mean, they they battered Rochdale in the first half. They just couldn't finish. That was when it was one nil at the break. That was my issue because there's one thing you guaranteed in a cup tie is that you know the home side, whatever division they're from, they'll have a spell and they'll get one clear cut chance. And they had a spell and they converted the clear cut chance that they got. And that was all because Newcastle didn't kill the game if they 
even the way they started the second half wasn't that bad. It was the last half an hour was just so mentally draining. It was it was awful to to watch because I'll be totally honest, Rochdale should have won it. They should have nicked it. I think Rathbone had a chance right at the end and that was an opportunity. He could have, you know, the, he'd have, he would never have had to buy a pint in Rochdale again had that gone in that moment and it would have been replayed on Match of the Day and Sky over and over again. So one of them situations, sadly, where for them they didn't take their opportunity and now Newcastle have got to be absolutely sure when they take them on next Tuesday at St James Park. Matheson, the youngster, came on um, was mid, mid, midway through the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, it was um, an early change, wasn't it? So Changed the game. And Steve Bruce likes him. I think you brought the story originally all them months ago that Newcastle had watched him. Yeah. Um, he didn't do his chances any, any harm. No, I mean, 17-year-old kid, uh, full of life, bursting up and down the, the right wing, sort of player that, you know, you could bring in, you could work with him in, you know, Newcastle could do a lot worse than signing him in January. Even if they only signed him in January, he'd be one for the future. Uh, I think he had a great game and he gets a chance to play on the big stage. The ultimate audition, if you like, in front of the fans at St. James' Park. 17-year-old kid. I mean, he's one of the, you know, when you're that age, you haven't got any fear. You don't even know what fear is at that age. So he's just going to be running up and down the pitch and he's going to make life hard for Newcastle, that's for sure. On to Wolves then this weekend. Uh, trip down to Monu for yourself. Can Newcastle beat Wolves? I mean, on paper, the teams, I mean, Wolves look to have a slightly better team than Newcastle, but their run of form isn't brilliant. I think they've only got one more point than Newcastle in the last six games. Yeah. Um, of course, they are a bit higher in the, in the table, but um, there's no reason why Newcastle can't, you know, can't come back with at least a point. Yeah, I mean, the last two occasions these two teams have faced each other, Newcastle have been winning 1-0 and throwing the lead away. I think it might be a bit more difficult this time. Wolves... Uh, yeah, as you said, they lost a couple of games over the Christmas. One of them was at Liverpool. I think everyone's going to lose at Liverpool. Um, so it's going to be tough. Um, you look at the previous form at Molyneux, they beat Manchester City, didn't they? 3 2. Um, I'll beat with 10 men. And they got a draw against Man United in the Cup. So it's going to be tough. But if Newcastle get some of the players back that that have been out. I mean, if if Dummett, Kieran Clark and Williams comes back alone, that's going to be a good trio to have. It would strengthen Newcastle straight away. They've got this, out of this cycle of a game every couple of days now, they've had some time to take stock this week. They've been able to have good sessions at the training ground. So hopefully it'll be a different, slightly different Newcastle that turns up. And I think they'll certainly give them a game. It'll be tough, but they'll certainly give them a game. Too early for Alan to maximum, you think? It w- it does feel like that at the minute, unless there's going to be a, a little surprise and he turns up on the bench. Um, pictures of him out running uh, around the training ground. Great great to see, really, because while Joe Linton may have been uh, a, a bit of a, a nightmare so far in terms of a signing, Alan to maximum has been, been the opposite. The fans absolutely love him and... Hopefully he can get back on the pitch as soon as possible because he, he, he makes it... Newcastle are a different proposition when he's on the pitch. Would you take Gillette out the firing line? I think you've already kind of answered by asking, well, who else is there? But, yeah. Um, would you? <sighs> well, yeah, who who else <laughs> is there? Yeah. We're back to the... <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a vicious circle, isn't it? 
who is going to come in and do a better job? And rea- the reality is, is that in terms of presence and physicality, he hasn't been doing that bad. Newcastle have got something to hit at least. They're just not. They're not using him to the best of the, his ability. They're not supporting him. They need to. to I, I would potentially think about changing the formation. I'm not going to tell Steve Bruce's job much better than me. But then the day, I, I personally think. Joel Linton looks a little bit lonely up there. He needs support. He had it when St. Maximum was in the team and did okay. I mean, Steve Bruce hasn't been afraid to take him out of the team. He'd done it against Sheffield United when Andy Carroll, you know, he, he bossed things. Andy Carroll's fitness is a bit of a question mark over that at the moment. He's years back in training. Unless Carroll is 100%, there's no one else you can really throw in and say that is going to change the game. We'll have to see. But hopefully Carroll can at least, you know, play some minutes at the weekend. And then finally, your score prediction? Score prediction? I mean, I could probably give you two different ones because it depends on what Team Newcastle, uh, you know, turn out. But if Newcastle have got Clark, Willems, uh, Dummett and Carroll all back and Al Miron as well, if they've got all them back in contention, then yeah, they can go down there and, and, and get a point. Who, who knows? Uh, so I would say if they're at full strength I would say they'd probably get a point if it's the same patched up team we've seen at Rochdale I think Wolves might probably have too much for them um, so some people might say that as a cop out but I'm actually giving you two different predictions for two different teams so two for the prize of one we'll find out uh, when Lee and Kewen head to Steve Bruce's press conference tomorrow morning Kewen didn't make it in the end he may have been stuck in the kitchen making a cup of tea or something more important but thank you very much for joining us please remember to like and subscribe. Hi there, it's Caroline Foran from Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please do follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. The sooner we all get on board with these measures, the sooner we will be all together again. While you're staying at home, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. I think we need a bit of comic relief more than ever, so why not try the Two Johnnies podcast, available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts.